What is going on, Devil fans? It is October 9th, and it is the eve of the NHL regular season. Uh, you are listening to the Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch. Welcome. We are here with the Pickle, a.k.a. Bill Sr., and we have a special guest in the building, Mr. Patty Shambro in the building. What do you hear? What do you say? <laughs> Patty, what's going on, brother? What's up? You uh, you stole my first line, what I was going to say to you, so you nailed it out of the park there. <laughs> Great minds think alike, pal. Great minds think alike. Um, yeah, man. Great to have you on. I mean, we spent some time together last year crushing some beers prior to games and getting everybody going. It was a it was an exhilarating time to be a Devils fan for sure. Um, you're a season ticket holder, right? I am. I've had season tickets uh, with my brother since uh, since Jack got drafted. That was our, the moment we pulled the plug. I had just finished school. And I was like, that was my first, uh, you know, big boy purchase as an adult was devil season tickets. Nice. I like it. That's a, yeah. that's a bold move. How's your brother yeah. feeling? Uh, he's doing all right. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be in the building on Thursday. You know, I know he, it's, I felt so bad for him because he, so for the, for those listening, uh, my brother, I go to the games with him. He had, and we dealt with the last five years of crap before this great season this past year he had to get back surgery in the middle of the playoffs. So the only two, the only two playoff games he got to go to were games one and two of the Rangers series. And then he was laid up in bed for the rest of the series. Couldn't go to the games. Felt so bad for him, but uh, he's going to be in the, he's going to be in the building opening night. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting the crowd going out on uh, Lafayette street and Mulberry. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Nice. You were getting, yeah, you were getting the crowd going last year. You had the, you were getting the, de- the, the spelling it out, the devil's chant going and, and you're known for, so you're a funny guy. We have a lot in common. You're so you live close to, you grew up in by Asbury park and I live in ocean township. So Asbury's like kind of where we end up hanging out. Um, but you're a big Sopranos guy too. And you have Patty Shambro is he's got the jacket. So he's got the, the jacket. He's got the Richie real jacket that he wears to all the games, and he's got the different pins on them. He's got the Bruce oh, pin. Nice. Yeah. Did you add a pin recently? Yeah. I so I I got I uh I got a bada bing pin for uh for the jacket. So that adds up to uh, you know, I got a pork leg and cheese pin, I got a Bruce pin, I got a Bruce patch that says E Street Nation on it, uh, and then a bunch of different other Sopranos things on there, but uh it's uh People come up to me and I say, nice jacket. And uh, my response every time is, yeah, I took it off of Rocco DeMeo. Guy had the toughest <laughs> reputation in, in uh, Monmouth County. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, it's classic. It's a, and I don't know if I've told you, but we have, like, we play a Masters tournament where we, we win the jacket. And it's actually, it looks just like the jacket from that episode. Now, while we're talking Soprano, this is, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this either, but. Do you have a favorite Sopranos episode? Oh, well, I think, you know, that's, uh, you know, the common answer is always Pine Barrens. Right, right. It is. It, and, uh, you know, I hate to be, you know, amongst the crowd, but it's just, it's the best. The Pine Barrens episode is absolutely the best. But since I've started, the ja- started wearing the jacket and people actually, some people will come up to me at Devil's Games and say the jacket because they've seen me on Twitter and interacted with you guys. So... We're probably going to go with that episode now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's it's a it's a yeah. classic. It really is. Classic. Mix it with the relish. It's it really with, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
My my favorite episode. My favorite episode is to save us all from Satan's power, which is the episode right before the Pine Barrens episode. Okay, and it's the one where they have the Christmas one, where it's the throwback, and they remember that Pussy was wearing a wire, a Santa. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's one. That's one of my. Uh, that's one of my favorite episodes. Uh, we always watch that around the holiday season, and really, uh, really hits home. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, how did you end up getting into the devil? Uh, so funny enough, my my dad is a Rangers fan. <laughs> There's a jacket. Bill Cena showing a jacket. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, my dad's a Rangers fan. And uh, God bless him. He never forced his teams on any of us. So I'm the youngest of four boys. And uh, my dad, huge Rangers fan. You know, he, he kind of lives and dies with them. And uh, but he did not force them on any of us all across the board. It's actually the only thing we disagree on is 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 hockey. Uh, you know, other than that, we're, we're both Giants and Mets fans. But uh, it really stemmed from that uh, from my first memory as a sports fan is Patrick Elias scoring the game seven goal against the Flyers in 2000. And my name being Patrick that just totally resonated with me at a young age. And uh, I was hooked from that, from then on. I remember my oldest brother, Hugh, who's a devil's fan, you know, like picking me up and like, you know, yelling around the house. And I, that was, uh, that, that was uh, my moment. And I have never looked back. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah. We got to really witness some great hockey back in the day. And I mean, anytime you're a kid and you're in your teens or you're you're even younger and you get to experience winning a cup you you know what that does to the fan base and just the area yeah. i mean it gets all kinds of people who normally wouldn't be into the sport and i feel like hockey really translate especially once playoff time comes it's every other night and people are so emotionally involved and it's nonstop that you get these casual fans who end up checking it out and then they become they you know they become part of the whole success and then next thing you know you have a new generation of devils fans which is cool because this is the first time like for me that I'm bringing my kids to games and we've actually had a little bit of success and they're finally getting into it and you know you brought up being a giants fan and it's like oh they suck it's so bad <laughs> how bad it is so bad so i am you know the giants it's we, we were at, uh, we went up to Cartwright, which is like a water park uh, up in Monticello, upstate New York yesterday for my son's birthday. And um, it sucked. We were like, <laughs> the kids were all on the slides and everything. And then like me and my buddy Harry are trying to like watch the Giants games. We know they're, we know they're playing the Dolphins. We know it's going to be ugly, but the, the Giants haven't scored an offensive first half touchdown in four weeks. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, we had a bit of a football get together, me and all my friends, yesterday, and we, uh, you know, as an attempt to somewhat jinx the Giants, we said we were going to take shots every time they scored points. You know, thinking, thinking, <laughs> you know, thinking that would that would that would mean they'd score a lot. You know, if that would be right. the one time they 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 lit it up. Uh, no, nah, it didn't really work. And then no <laughs> Uber necessary. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it's like Daniel Jones. I mean, he got sacked 11 times last week. They had, they had 11 days to prepare for Seattle. They still manage, you know, at home in prime time. He gets sacked 11 times. Yesterday, he ends up getting hurt. I believe he had seven. There were seven sacks against him. 
So like earlier in the season, it, I felt like my kids were old enough. It was going to be the first time that I bought tickets to bring them to a Giants game. Uh, little did I know. I mean, they have Buffalo coming up on in prime time in Buffalo coming off of a loss. That's going to be ugly. So we're going to be going to my first, my kid's first experience of a Giants game is going to be the Giants versus Washington at one o'clock who are one in five with potentially Daniel Jones out. And they're going to probably get booed off the field if they can't move the ball. And I'm like, you know what? Who am I to deprive my kids of what real New York sports is? You know what I mean? Like they're going to be so confused (laughs) by me and and everyone booing their own team that they're not even going to understand what is actually happening. So, but I figure, um, I figure you, you're never too young to learn the uh, the passion of the New York sports market. Go on, go, go into the ham and take the carving knife and stab me here, here. I wish the Lord would take me now. Yeah, uh, you know, you know what? It's uh, I legitimately think they're going to have a top three pick, if not the number one pick. Legitimately, I do. Yeah, and uh, but you know what? Who cares? It's hockey season, boys. It is. Yeah, exactly. I know. And that's, and that's the that's the beauty of all this. Um, you know, if you've been online and you're on Twitter today, you see all the, um, you know, the political unrest amongst hockey fans, people freaking out. Um, the NHL comes out that you're not allowed to use pride rainbow color tape on your stick today. Very important news. It's like, it can only mean one thing. Hockey season is right around the corner. Yeah. Um, the, the hate is in the air. So yeah. we, we have that We have that going for us, uh, both both instances, which I think are completely ridiculous, and I, I don't get it at all. But um, nonetheless, the the rosters had to be cut today, and there had the 23-man 23, 23 rosters had to be put in. I'm going to kind of – I'm going to kind of vent for a second on you guys, and I'm feel free to chime in. Um, one of the, one of the bubble players that the devils have been talking about and was one of the biggest, um, impact players was we had that right. We had that right spot defensive position open the sixth, the sixth position. And we, the, you know, Fitzgerald went out and he got Colin Miller to come in and expected Miller to play, uh, on that third pairing. And they figured Nemitz would really have to go out of his way to earn that spot. But and, the, and he said that prior to the camp opening. He said, you know, Nemitz is going to have to do something really crazy in order to earn that spot. Otherwise, we're going to send him down to Utica, let him cook. And I totally understand all that because Kevin Ball is, you know, he's only played half of a season, let's say. And then um, and Luke, he's is a rookie. He only played, what, six games last year. So the the Devils' defense has been a bit of a question mark to me. And I was worried about them possibly taking a step back going into this year just because of the youth and inexperience on the back end. I feel like, uh, you know, Ryan Graves is great on the penalty kill and say what you want about Severson, but him playing on the third pairing, he was pretty strong on, on that right side. So camp rolls around and the preseason games play out and the Devils look amazing in the preseason. We definitely have probably... I would say arguably the best top nine and maybe the league. Um, I think Mike McLeod has been an amazing fourth line center, but nobody really, nobody really stepped up and took that last right hand defensive position. So you thought that Colin Miller would take it. 
and he didn't. And, you know, you have Brendan Smith. We all know what Brendan Smith is. Guy's been around for a million years. Guy's had cement skates. You know what I mean? Like the guy Apparently can't. Apparently not move. Wendy. Apparently Wendy doesn't, doesn't know. So this, is, is. so this is where I have a problem. So is the goal in training camp and in the preseason to roster the best players available? Is that what they were set out to do? Because this is a new, this, we're in a new situation. We're trying to potentially win a Stanley Cup this year for the first time. Do you guys think that they play the preseason because they want to see who looks the best and they want to roster the best players? Here, Dad, I'll let you start. Yeah, I think they do. I think they do. But I think just like the reason, I think the reason why Vegas won last year was depth. I think that that had a lot to do with it. And uh, I don't think that they wanted to put Miller or Smith for some ungodly reason. Um, Put them out there on waivers. I think they just wanted to, it was easier just to move, um, you know, to move Nemitz down and then they could bring them back up and they could sit those guys. Is that, is that an option? Then you got to think Zach Bogosian just went out today it, are we better off with with him than than Smith? I think that Nemitz had the best. I think he played better than Hughes, which you well, know I'm a well, big yeah, like, Hughes. Yeah, you don't have to get ahead of it. Let's just say, do you think that they are trying to roster the best possible team right now? Is that what they were doing? I don't think that that's what they did. I think that they tried to keep their depth. I think that that's what that was all about. Okay. What about you, Patty? You know, I think – you know, back to what you're saying, they know what they have in those guys in Colin Miller and Brendan Smith. They know what they are. I know preseason's going to change that. Um, I think the decision, I think a lot can be put into the fact that Nemich was kept around this weekend for their team bonding stuff. And, you know, I don't, like, he's coming back, you know. He's, he's coming definitely back. coming back. He's coming back, and it's going to be soon. Um, as far as the preseason question, like I said, I literally think it's because Lindy knows what he has in these older guys. Let's get, let's get these other guys out on the ice, see what they can do. Do I think he fielded the best roster currently? No, he did not. I think all three of us agree, but it's not over. It's the, you know, the sky's not falling yet. So here is my problem with this. So my problem is. Do you plan on pl- him playing more than nine games? Do you plan on him playing 10 games this year, regular season? Yes. Yes. Okay. So yes. this isn't an entry-level contract situation? No. Okay. And you worry about keeping Brendan Smith because of waivers. That is what your concern is. That's not my concern. I believe that's what their concern is. Their concern is depth. Do you not think that you can pick up a depth defenseman through waivers? Or you could have you could have today. You know, I guess I'm trying to play devil's advocate, but you know, Bill. No, no, no. And this I don't is know, you know. this is all fair. And I really respect Lindy Ruff. And I think that Lindy Ruff did an amazing job managing the team last year. My one problem with Ruff is that he takes too much, he cares too much about veteran presence. And he makes excuses for veterans over and over and over and will attack Luke Hughes and will attack Alexander Holtz and will point out the mistakes that Nemitz makes 
time and time again from kids who you know are going to make mistakes, who you're supposed to be developing, who you're supposed to keep throwing back out there, but won't open his mouth once about Brendan Smith taking a penalty game after game, being caught out of position, jumping into a play over and over. He did the same exact thing with Miles Wood last year. He did the same exact thing with Mackenzie Blackwood last year. And Fitzgerald has taken these players out, these cards out of his hand, and now he's going to continue to, he's going to hold back the development of Nemitz based upon him feeling comfortable because Brendan Smith has a veteran presence. So basically, my problem is Nemitz is already better than Brendan Smith. And if you let Nemitz play for 20-plus games in the beginning of the season, when you have a team that could score four goals a game, they had Nemitz literally playing with Wotherspoon. He was complete garbage. Yeah. That, I, I could not wrap my head around that, that decision. It's like, why wouldn't you play him with somebody that he's actually going to play with? Not, like is he would he even play with Weatherspoon in Utica? I don't think he would. Well, he did. I think that yeah. he was like his mentor there. I think Kevin Deneen kind of hooked him up with him because he was, you know, he's a hundred years old and he's been around the block and tried to break him into the NHL, AHL, whatever. Um I'm just so tired of right Rock- No, I hear you. I hear you. And Smith oh, is like, Smith hasn't scored a goal in two it years. Not, that, not that you have to score goals, but I mean, you, you're giving up a lot of goals too by constantly Here's the problem. jumping into the, on the play. Team knows who the better player is. Do you think that us as Devil fans, we don't know who, when we're watching the game, we can't tell who is a better player, who has a higher ceiling, who is a better skater. It's like, the players know this too. So you're losing credibility instantly. They know that you're not rostering the best player. To me, it's a dub it's a double-edged sword. If you're not worried about an entry-level contract, which they shouldn't be, because you expect Emmett's to be around for the next dozen years. So if you if you're gonna play him anyway, like I don't see what the problem is. Miller and Smith looked horrible. So this isn't a situation where, you know what, we have this young second overall pick who's actually very smart hockey player and plays 200 feet. No, this was a, you know, he wasn't outplayed. If he was outplayed or if it was just, if we were just questioning, you know what, it's kind of they both look the same. Let's go with the guy with more veteran experience. Let's let Nemitz cook a little bit more. I've always been a guy who has wanted our prospects to cook, right, Dad? No, absolutely. So absolutely. the problem here is you are not picking the best player, and what you're doing is you're making excuses, and the and it's because Lindy Ruff is obsessed with trying to make Kevin Ball the Ryan Graves, and that's not what it should be. You're playing ball with Marino. It doesn't make any sense. So regardless, Luke Hughes is going to be paired with Brendan Smith. They are going to get caved in on. That makes no sense at all. You play Luke Hughes with Marino, you drop ball down, and you could have played Nemitz with ball. Ball has looked, arguably has ball been, besides Jesper Bratt, the most impressive player in the preseason and in camp. Absolutely. Definitely the most improved, yeah. He's Absolutely. looked great. He's playing he awesome. He's clearing the net. He's moving the puck. He's skating well. He's doing all these things. Look at the progression that Kevin Ball had from the beginning of last year to right now. Are you telling me that you couldn't put all your chips in right now 
and run Nemitz and Hughes out there and pair them with Marino and Ball, and then you would be rostering a better team than playing Smith and Hughes on a third pairing and try to shelter them. You know, I don't think there's a single devil fan that would disagree with you, Bill. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, what me and Bill Sr. here are doing is like the devil's advocate aspect of it, you know. Uh, you know, Nem- Nemich is going to, like you said, he's going to cook in Utica. He's going to get valuable minutes. He's going to be in the game constantly in Utica. Is, you know, he's pr- going to be their best player. And then he's going to be, I think he's going to be with the team come November. He's going to be with New Jersey come New- November. I gave him December 1st. I gave him December 1st. And I thought that they just didn't want to put one of those guys up for waivers. I think that, that they're going to, there's going to be injuries. People are going to get banged up and, you know, you want to be deep on D, and uh, believe me, I'm I'm not a, a Brendan Smith fan by any means. <laughs> Hataka played but, better than him. Hataka did. He, play he did. He really did. He, did. he surprised me that he did. Um, but he is. You, you know that. You know, it's like Lindy Ruff had had. You know, he had like that little love affair with him, and he had the love affair with Miles Wood too when he was taking all the penalties. He's doing all over-valu- the wrong things. overvaluing ve- the fact that the only reason that they're playing is because they're a veteran presence. That's it. And not for nothing, but we do have more veterans on the team now than than we've had in the past. God knows how long. Um, you know, picking up picking up guys that have won the cup and Toffoli and, you know, I think that there's, there's enough veteran presence there where we don't have to, to keep somebody like that. And Nemitz definitely did play better, but I, I do think that he's doing it strictly for, for depth. I know. Let me, let me ask. So like last year, uh, Holtz kind of, Holtz kind of became a victim of the devil's success. You know, they taken him out of the lineup. I and you know, if the Devils didn't have that crazy run in November, Holtz would have been playing a sure, lot. Right. Do you do you think Lindy is afraid of that happening to Nemich? You know, he comes into the into the league, he makes a couple mistakes, they have to sit him, devils start winning, and then he's just riding pine up in the up in the owner's box. Is that a fear of his? That would be the worst thing in the world that could happen to him. But you can send him back down. You yeah. can. You can, which they should have did with Holtz right away. They shouldn't have had him sitting up in the press box. So there's really no difference in sending him down now or sending him down, letting him see if he could play, playing him with a real serviceable defenseman, and then and sheltering him, and then possibly sending him down. Let me ask you this. Who had a better preseason, Luke Hughes or Simone Nemitz? Nemitz. Yeah, I think Nemitz had a better preseason. I don't, I don't why, even think it's a question, really. So why should Simone Nemitz have to play for a roster spot and Luke Hughes doesn't? And I'm not and I'm not saying that Luke Hughes doesn't deserve the roster spot and shouldn't be rostered. I'm not saying that at all. I think he belongs playing. Why is Luke Hughes guaranteed the roster spot and Nemitz isn't, regardless of how they're playing? Is this based over six games? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I, I don't think it's based over six games. I think it's based over two years in college, too. And he's a year older. I mean, Nemich is, is only 19 years old. He's he's a little older, you know, a little bigger, probably a little more uh, has a has a little more experience. Come on. You don't man. think. Stop. No. Patty, 
You do you think his do you think his upside? Okay, right now, let's call it out right now. Who's who do you think is going to have the bigger the biggest upside? If you're going to play a rookie defenseman on your back end who the one looked better than the other, I'm gonna take the guy that plays a more two hundred foot game than I am gonna play the guy who just likes to jump into the play more. The one thing with Hughes is Hughes is a guy that will go out of his way to make things happen on the ice, which is why he, because he can skate so good and he takes the puck up and he makes fancy plays. He makes highlight plays. Would you agree that Nemitz is a guy who the puck seems and the game flows towards him and then he reacts to the game? Would you agree that, would you agree that Nemitz is better in 200 feet of the ice than Luke Hughes is? I think it's funny that we're bringing Patty into our family arguments. <laughs> no, no, this is a fair uh, question. No, I, uh, I appreciate I appreciate the uh, the back and forth you guys have because it's very much similar to how me and my father communicate when we're talking sports. So it uh, makes me laugh. Um, you know, I like you, Bill, a huge Nemitz fan. Nemitz fan. You know, I see a lot of Scott Niedermeyer in him, and that makes me excited. You know, he's I he, the skating, the passing, the you know, holding on for that like extra second for something to open up. It, it's, it's beautiful, really. Um, you know, the Luke Hughes thing, you know, Luke, Luke is, I guess, after Luke the six, family. it's the name. Yeah. But after the six games he had, I know it was only six games and he arguably great. he was arguably the best defenseman. He looked amazing. The best defenseman on the team during the Carolina series. Um, He's just he's he's in New Jersey now. He's not going to Utica. It's I think right. it's just that he is on the team now, no questions asked. Right. Just like just because of the season he had. There was never gonna be a question between the two. Like so to say, you know, I get what you're saying, you know, they are both rookies, yes, but Luke was never gonna be up for despite Nemich playing better than him preseason, right, it's never going to matter. But my point is, if Luke looks that good and you are guaranteed penciling him in with a roster spot for opening day, regardless of how he looks in camp, and then Nemitz looks better than him, and he actually plays a little more sound of a game, it might not be as exhilarating and he's not going to... But why would you play Brendan Smith over him? I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had an answer. I'm trying to think of one, and I literally yeah. can't. I don't know Smith. why you would play no. Brendan Smith over anybody. Um, but the only thing that you could, that that you have to fall back on is you have to think that they they just want some more depth, and he's going to be there for he's, the playoffs. No, by, I, I, I told you. I told you today. I think by December first. You know, Nemitz is going to be a permanent fixture. Okay, he's well, going to be fine. If that's the case, I think that that's ridiculous because the first twenty games of the season is the most open it's going to be. You have the most. That's when you have the most wiggle room. The Devils are going to be very good. We're going to put up a ton of points. I would rather Nemitz get twenty games under his belt. If I'm going to have two players making mistakes and costing us penalties. I'd rather have the guy that's going to be with me for the next 12 years making the mistakes who has a much higher ceiling than have Brendan Smith making the mistakes who we know who he is, and he's not going to be on the team next year. He could play another 12 years. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, uh, like kind of like a... I don't want to like segue away from the conversation, but like the same thing kind of happened to Tice Thompson, in my opinion. Like Tice, Tice played... Absolutely. Preseason, and I I don't want to see 
no sick out there. I, I really don't. I'm the same way as you. I want the kids to play. I want the I want them to develop. Uh, so why why so same thing kind of applies. Thompson's getting sent down. Nemich is getting sent down. Like it's the same thing is happening in the forward lines too. You know, I think I think Tice would be great on that fourth line until Bashing comes back. I would agree. Right. The the difference between Tice Thompson and Simone Nemitz, and, and we'll leave at this, is Simone Nemitz was a number two overall pick. Yeah, that's true. I know. But I, but like I said, he was Tice looked Who's great. Playing that, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, same and I, conversation. I'm fine with that. And this is the thing that I brought up. The one of the things that I think that they are keeping Nosek around for is if God forbid anything came out about Mike McLeod, Nosek can play center. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that that's what the, I really believe that that's what that is. Yeah. How much longer do we have to have that freaking conversation? Oh my God, it's been know? years. It's like, like, uh, move on. You, like, you know, wheels like, of justice turn slowly. There's, there's just a dark cloud looming over this guy. And like, He's played pretty uh, good too. It's he's like played pretty it's, good, and yeah. he's one of my like, you know on the I I you know I he's one of my favorite on the ice. You know it's it's uh, like, like let's go already. You know like is 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 he involved or is he not? You know, so. One one of the things that I that was frustrating to me was how Lindy Ruff had picked on Alexander Holtz pretty much all last year, and like let's be real, like. The Devils at the beginning of last year, they weren't good enough to completely abandon roster development at that point. I, I thought, you know what? Like, dude, you're coming off of arguably the worst season in the history of the Devils. You lost your two first games. You you were, you know, the fans wanted you fired. You gave up on Holtz 13 games into the season. I understand it was a winning streak and you didn't want to change the roster, and I'm totally cool with that. Um, but time and time again he pointed a finger at Holtz and I'm not saying that Holtz didn't deserve any of it I mean that's that's beside the point I, I think that he he needed to be more aware of where he was on the ice at all times and play a more well-rounded game I, I'm not debating that at all the point I, I don't like how he's continuing to point out and point out the flaws of the young guys when those are the guys that you're really supposed to be coaching and developing and it's like so my old veterans, just because I know what they are, they get a pass. You know what I mean? So Holtz has played with the Nico and Timo line for the entire preseason um, and through all our camp. And it's two days before the season starts. And now Holtz is on the third line and he's got Curtis Lazar centering him. I understand that it's because Hall is hurt, but you can't, and he, and it was funny because I kind of thought we were past this point because Ruff came out and said a couple of nice things about Holtz in training camp about how he gained his foot speed and he looked noticeably faster. And then Holtz netted a couple, was in the right place at the right time. Whether or not you think he played a great game or not, he he's there to score goals. Like, that's it. Like, don't expect to get much more out of him. I thought he hustled. He was able to, to pot a couple. And it... It didn't end though. Like, and then it, and then Ruff went right back to it, and it was like, well, I didn't think the Nico line played good, even though they scored. I don't think Holtz really played good, and it's just like, yeah, we understand. If you don't, Lindy Ruff, this is directly to Lindy Ruff. If you don't understand how crucial and important the development of Alexander Holtz being able to play a top six role for this team is, 
you know, what the fuck are we talking about? Like he slots everybody down, whether or not Mercer should be in a top six role. That's a complete fair debate. I completely understand, but playing Holtz on a checking line is never going to work. That doesn't make any sense. And if he gives up on him and does it, this is after Tom Fitzgerald came out and said that Holtz was a pillar towards the development of the team moving forward. I, I hate the way that they've handled this kid. I think that he's had a great outlook. I think he's worked hard. I think he has a good positive personality and has rebounded and said all the right things. And he's produced in the preseason I hope that they, he just doesn't end up in the team's doghouse again because it's it's just he's too valuable to this organization moving forward to have just constantly being scrutinized by Lindy Ruff. Do you think Lindy, you know, goes like you know, kind of voices his displeasures with the young guys, like the young guys that are these top three picks because he expects more out of them, and you know, him going after a, a you know. A Brendan Smith, I don't want to keep hammering Brendan Smith, but a guy like that or a Miles Wood, uh, because he just seek, you know, he can't there's no point. There's no, there's no point in calling those I've guys out. I've never heard him say. I've never heard him say anything bad about Jack Hughes. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, Jack yeah. Hughes didn't have the greatest first season. Yeah, your but, first season. With- he, he's not going to say anything about Jack Hughes because he knows who right who pays him, and like if Jack Hughes yeah. doesn't work, then you're out of a job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, do you guys, I mean, you know, you, you, dad, you sent me this thing the other day and, and they moved Mercer up to the top line and don't get me wrong. Mercer can produce on the top line. I, I'm, I'm okay with it, but he, you know, Lindy Ruff had a quote and said, that's, that's my best defensive line. And it's like, he said, that's my shutdown line. <laughs> he actually said in an interview that that was his shutdown line. It's the yeah. number one overall pick, your franchise center. It's a guy that scored 40 goals that you just signed for $8.5 million, $8.75 million on one wing. And then a 30 goal score on the other wing, on the other wing. So you have a hundred goals between that line and you're calling that your shutdown line. <laughs> what are we talking well, I think, about? I think he, I think it was like a, uh, like almost like a, a quote, like uh, he was playing like a Bergeron type. Him and Mercer both play a Bergeron type game, and they could shut down the other team's top lines. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think know. you're first. I, I, I don't believe me. It's like down. I don't understand it either. And you know, Ruff was gonna was was up for coach of the year last year. So I, I who am I, I to second? I like Lindy Ruff. I really do. I think that he. I think that the players like him too. You know what I mean? And and I I think that he's the right guy. I just you know one of the things that was really refreshing going into the season was he had some of those players that you, that were just like, oh, geez, like what are we doing? We're playing Mackenzie Blackwood. Really? We're trying to win a division. This is a big game. It's down a stretch, and you got Blackwood playing versus the Bruins. Like Fitzgerald took some oh, of those decisions. Blackwood played pretty good in that Bruins game. That's not a, that's not a great – that's you get what I'm saying. That's not, I get what you're saying, but that's not a great example. <laughs> mentality going in, you know what I mean? Like I'm not debating whether or not it, it was the right call or not. I'm just saying like – as a fan, I'm just like, oh, geez, what is he doing? You know, why why is he playing this person over that person? It doesn't make any sense, you know. And I think like Fitzgerald took him out of took those cards out of his hand, and I, and now I'm like, I, you know, 
I get it. I, I guess. I guess. Well, if Hall no, comes no, back, no. is Holtz playing on the third line? Yes, but you, but you oh, know. Yeah, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, well, yeah, because Holtz made the Holtz made the team. He's gonna Holtz but, did make the team. No, yeah. Holtz but, definitely made the team. Yeah, but saying, you but, think that he'll put him down on that third line? It, so, talking about lines with Lindy Ruff is right. so doesn't mean anything. Right. I hate it. Because, I hate it because you know he's gonna change it ten minutes into ten minutes in on Thursday. It's gonna change. Um, yeah. And I don't like it. It drives me up a wall. I think every Mellows fan would agree. You know, but we can't argue. You can't argue with the results. You know, no, you can't. You can't. And that's why it's always like, you know, what the hell do I know? But I hate that. I hate that. You know, not giving guys a chance to get chemistry together to really get, you know, like Brat and Hughes together this year. It's like. Great. If he breaks, if he does anything to break those guys up, man, yeah, it's just like, I'm going to put a gun to my head. But uh, to get in on the uh, family debate, yes, I do think Mercer should be on that third line. And I think he will be on that third line playing with Hollow and Palat a lot, mainly because I think, I know we were concerned about Holtz, you know, playing on that check line. He's not going to play in that check line because he's not going to break up that fourth line, especially when Bashing comes back. It's going to be Lazar, Bashing, and McLeod. And right. I think I think Mercer is going to spend a lot of his time playing with Hala and Palat, despite all the craziness line shuffling that I hope maybe so. will do. I hope so because I I think that's where they properly are slotted, and if it doesn't work, but give him like let the kid play in a dozen games. Like you yeah. can't change him up after five games. Like the kid's been jerked around and yo-yoed up and down and sitting in the press boxes and everything. It's like just give the kid a little bit of stability. Show him that you believe in him and that you think he could be a part of the team and you could think he could be an important piece and see what he does. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And you gave him a shot. But if you never let him, if you never are consistent and just have a little bit of, you know, faith in him and he knows he doesn't have any faith and he's constantly yeah. just playing for his job, it's like, how is anybody yeah. supposed to, to settle in? And I don't want to drag this thing out or, or you know, start an argument or anything. You know, I'm a big Mercer fan. It was like Mercer's produced, played every game last two seasons. I mean, he has earned a spot. He's a top six on any other team. It's like the the flip side of that coin is like Mer- uh, Holt should be able to pretty much do the same thing. He should be able to to jump in there with Palat and Hala and be able to to score some goals and be productive. I think I think Holtz will spend I think Holtz will play his first shift on Thursday with Nico and Timo. I, I do think that I think he's I think it's gonna be that I think on, that too. I think that too. Um, what he does what Lindy does the rest of the game out of our hands, you know, he's you know he'll end up playing with Jack and to Foley too, you know, it's going to change, but, uh, but yeah, to be, but be on the, to get into the argument you guys have been having on the show the past couple of weeks, like that Mercer Hall of Palat line is just, I Who's love it. Work I, yeah. I, I love it. It's like, it's, it's, right. that would be, that would be the number one line on a lot of teams in the national hockey. That's like a lunch pail line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, How do you match up against, uh, against that top nine? There is not I, a like, single, it's, it's impossible. Impossible. I, I don't think that Holtz is is capable of doing the same thing playing on the third line as he is on the first line. No, absolutely not. And I think he will. I think he will really benefit playing with future Selkie, future yeah. future. Well, one future Selkie Award winner in Nico Heischer. 
and a veteran like Timo, he will really, he will really benefit from playing with those guys. And he's, I think he's going to score a lot of goals playing with those guys. So do I. I so do I. I. Too. Yep. It's going to create a lot of open space for him, mm-hmm. which is what, and then he can use that shot to his advantage. All right. We talked about Nemitz not making the team and everything. So you look at our back end. I mean, am I the only one? What are your guys' thoughts on you're going to play Ball and Marino together, and then you're going to play Hughes and Brendan Smith together? Does that give me give me your thoughts on I, that? I, I think Hughes should be playing with Marino. I think Hughes should be playing with Marino, and Ball should be playing with Smith. You know, not that that Ball doesn't deserve to be top. You know, top four, but. I just think to balance it out, you got two guys, you know, you're going to have two guys in, in that, you know, the bottom, the bottom pairing that, that aren't great defensive players. And if Smith would stay home, you would say, okay, he, you know, he could do that. But for some God unknown reason, he keeps on jumping up in the play and he can't get back in time. It's, he creates no offense. I don't understand why he does it. I think we're we're going to get exploited. You know, I think I think um, I don't know if it's the, what, what you're saying that Lindy wants Ball to be the next, you know, Graves. You know, I think what he sees in Ball is just you know a coach's dream of defenseman, a big guy that throws the bo- that throws the body and he can drive an old coach's dream. Like right. that's like Lindy is Lindy Ruff's player is what he sees in in Kevin Ball and he wants to he wants him in the top four. Um or well he doesn't well that that's what I'm saying. Like that's what he's saying out he, of keep, keep, right. keep yeah. him up in the top four. Right. That's what he's saying. To give him the minutes. Yeah, he, exactly. So he gets a lot more minutes. Yeah. He wants him in the top four, but yeah. I think for the team I just feel like I, I don't know. I feel like separating those guys is they both look good. They both look great yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh you know I, like and I just feel like Hughes is going to need a little more support than Brendan Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's just the goddamn Brendan Smith. Like, he's just like, you know. Like, he's like a toothache that yeah, won't go no, away. It's like, it's like we wouldn't be having this problem if he just kept Nemitz up, you know. God damn it. I know. I know. God, God damn it. Who are you people? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, I hate. I hate to keep picking on Brendan Smith. I'm just saying, it it could be Colin Miller too. They're like these are irreversible yeah. names. It doesn't matter. I just feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like there's a hole in our sixth, in our right third right pairing. That's it. That's what I feel. Okay. And yeah. I think that if an entry level contract is not the issue, which it shouldn't be, because we don't need to nickel and dime the kid. Uh, then and he's gonna play ten games. Then. I hope he gets called up sooner rather than later because uh, I think he has a lot of potential and a lot of vision. And I think he's something that an old school hockey coach like Lindy Ruff, he's a guy that he would appreciate because he does play. He kind of seems like an old soul. He kind of plays the game, slows it down a little bit. Um, You brought up Tice Thompson. Tice Thompson was put on waivers. That's another thing you have to remember, like all the players that we put on waivers doesn't mean they're going to be claimed. You know what I mean? Like we think that all of our guys are so important. You know what I mean? Like my dad used to drool over, Micro Mueller, Mirko Mueller. (laughs) And I'm like, dad, no one gives a shit about this guy. Like they could put him, you know what I mean? They could put him out. He's not going anywhere. anywhere. And I think like. Hey, that was back in the day when we were playing with guys named Sini. Well, it's like, you know, back in the day, not for nothing, the devils did. They threw everybody to the wolves. They didn't let anybody cook. 
Um, right. And now we're kind of, we have this luxury of we can let our prospects develop a little bit. Um, and, and one of the guys, uh, well, let's get into Tice Thompson. So Tice Thompson, I thought had an amazing camp. You brought him up, Patty. I mean, he, he looked great. Um, the thing with him is he, he's been injured so much, uh, which is maybe one of the reasons that he did clear waivers and the Devils were able to send him down to Utica. I think he's definitely somebody that could potentially be called up. Um, you know, Curtis Lazar, I thought he had a great camp. Me too. He plays so hard that I kind of worry about him getting injured for some reason. Like he's like going into the boards like a million miles an hour all the time. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Curtis Azar. You know, me too. He, yeah, you know, it's like that fourth line comes out on the ice and and we get away from the speed for a second and they're gonna hammer you. You know, yep. like and and they're and they're a good line. Like it's not like we're not throwing out a scrub fourth line. Like with Mike with Mikey at center, like and like they're gonna drive play and like they're gonna. Teams are going to hate playing against that fourth line. Totally. And, Curtis, and Curtis Lazar is a big part of that. And like you said, he's going to be throwing the body around. He's going to be playing heavy. And I really think, uh, you know, that's kind of Tom, Tommy Fitz kind of saw that as like, you know, what what the Golden Knights did in the playoffs. Like totally. the, fourth, the fourth line is going to do that for us in the regular season. I know. I'm, I'm just soften them up. Imagine yeah. them coming over the boards after the Hall of Mercer. <laughs> like oh my god you know what you know what is impressive that continues to impress me is uh mike mcleod's the way he skates with the puck through the neutral zone time and time again he's able to gain the red line and get the puck deep and then you know crash in deep after it it's like that's something that does it wears defensemen down over the course of a game and especially over the course of a playoff series so i i really like what i saw to him curtis lazar obviously had an amazing uh camp and i'm happy to see him he he seems like a guy that everybody's really rooting for he has a good personality and seems like a team favorite kind of guy too he had like a rough start last year he came over he had just had a baby he hadn't been able to see them he was injured it was like and then he had that big goal in the playoffs uh versus the rangers at the garden they lost that game but um I'm happy to see him making a difference and kind of living up to the expectations that I'm assuming Tom Fitzgerald had when, when he went out and got him. Um, another guy who is a prospect of ours who wasn't involved at camp or anything is our boy Seamus Casey. You saw the goal that he had the other night in Michigan. Crazy. This kid is doing some really crazy things. Do you think that Seamus Casey, I'm asking you, Patty, do you think Seamus Casey ends up ever playing a game for the Devils? Do you think he becomes a Devils player? You mean this season or? No, no, no. Just in general. Like, you know what it is? Like, I I feel like with Nemitz, Ball, Marino, Hamilton, Siegs, you're kind of running out of spots. You know what I mean? Well, you know, uh, the, the, you know, he's not, you know, the trade target that uh, we thought we could have used him for is uh, no longer an option after Hellebuck signed with uh, know. Winnipeg. You know, I know. Uh, may, uh, you know, it's a good question. It's uh, but it's it's we wanted to ask come March when we're looking at the trade deadline. It's like, what do we need to gear up for this run? Um, I, I want to say, yes, he will wear a devil's uniform one day. What about you, Dad? I hope he does. I hope he does. You know, he's he's too good of a player to to just let go to the wayside. Yeah, yeah but he he's a, he's an amazing trade chip, is what he is. So you would be getting <laughs> he is he yeah. definitely is. You can get somebody that helps you yeah. like right now. You know what right. I mean? 
he was at, like in my like when talking with my friends, I was like, you know, include Seamus Casey and a first round pick and whoever else and send him to Winnipeg. They'll say yes, you right. know, kind of thing. Uh, so now, yes, you know what? The answer is yes. Seamus Casey will be a New Jersey Devil. Right. Yeah, I mean, so Connor Hellebuck, he signs a eight point, you know, seven year, eight point five million dollar deal with Winnipeg. I don't think a lot of people saw that coming. Um, and he was a guy, you know, that the Devils obviously had their eye on um, for quite a while, and the the asking price was just too high, and he wanted too much money. Um, you know, listening to Thirty Two Thoughts today, Elliot Friedman brought up that he thought the Devils are still in the in the market for a goalie. What are your? I mean, how do you feel about our goaltending tandem going into the regular season? It's one thing, but how do you really feel about them as far as? you know, taking us to the, the promised land once the playoffs roll around? Um, you know, I was big. I was really in on Connor Hellebach, you know, like even if it was just for one year, you know, I, I was really in on it. But that was never because I didn't believe in VTech or, or Schmid. You know, I think I think we're hammering VTech a little too much for those two games against the Rangers. You know, you could have had Marty or Patrick Waugh in that for – for the Devils in those games, and I don't think it would have made a difference because the Rangers were just all over the Devils in those games. The Devils, for some reason, decided to change their game that they had had winning success with and tried to play the Rangers games and just got right. mauled. They right. just get, they absolutely got mauled, um, and it didn't really matter who was in that. And you know, I'm not going to sit here and forget that VTech was the catalyst in our the best regular season the Devils ever had. Um, so I'm confident in him. I think we have a nice one A, one B. And uh, I'm, I don't want, I don't, if it wasn't going to be Hellebuck, let's run, let's roll it. Let's run it back, you know, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only guy I could ever, besides them, I could think of is UC Soros and he would be very, very expensive too. He would be very, yeah. You know, and like I said, you know, like why are we just forgetting that VTech had a fantastic season last year? Like two games do not, dictate whether we have a goalie problem or not right you know and that, that, that has been the argument i've been having mainly with rangers fans all, all summer they're like well you guys don't have the goaltending and it's like two games does not dictate whether or not we have goaltending yeah it, it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of become crazy to me at this point I, I was talking you know we we were talking about andre vasileski and how you know tampa loses him and they don't have a backup goalie and you look at what the Rangers would deal with if they have Jonathan Quick in that, if God forbid something ever happened to Shesterkin. And it's like, you'd almost rather have a 1A and a 1B yeah. than, than just a Absolutely. superstar goalie who you can't rely or, or you can't afford a backup, which the, the salary cap looks like it's going to be going up. Um, I think they said like three and a half million bucks. So it's at like 83 now. I think it's going to go up to around 87. 87 yeah. Yeah. So, um, that obviously works out for us with Tom Fitzgerald has really just put together this insane roster with really great contracts. And one of the big contracts that came out today was the signing of Rasmus Dahlin, eight years, $11 million per lot of money, but dude is the real deal. And the thing with Dahlin is Buffalo is definitely ready to take that next step. And they are going to use, he is going to be a centerpiece that they're going to build the team around. It's going to be him and Owen power on the back end, Dylan cousins. Um, and he, here's the thing with Dahlin. People are like, Oh man, it's, it's, that's a lot of money. It's so expensive. It's like, 
he's not going to get any cheaper. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, no, they they, they took. I think they took the Jack Hughes and the Nico Heischer model. You know, they they got it. They got. They're getting in early and say you're going to be our guy. Take this money now. He's going to, he's going to win yeah. a Norris Trophy at some point, yeah. and eleven million dollars for the next eight years. I think is. Um, I think he earned it, and I think it's a Absolutely. it's a respectable contract moving forward. And I think Absolutely. the second half of it is going to age really well for for Buffalo. Um, sure. He he's a guy. He I just really like him, and I think uh, I think he's going to do do some big things. Well, everybody's um, drooling over Buffalo, you know. Every, everybody's in on Buffalo. Every, you know, it's. Uh, which almost makes me nervous for them because I actually want to. I'm like excited to have Buffalo back in the back in the. It's a great hockey town. Those fans, they deserve it. You know, it's been a long time coming for them. Kind of, kind of, kind of like us. You know, we just been through the muck of it all. And uh, yeah, I wish we were playing them in the stadium series instead of uh, instead of Philly. Yeah, totally. Uh, they're they're tough too. Like I think play, we're gonna, pretty physical. Like yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we're gonna have a pretty substantial rivalry with the Buffalo Sabers over the next seven eight years you know i would agree i think we're gonna i think we're gonna see them in at least one eastern conference finals over the next five six years i know you look at their lineup and and they have a ton of young talent and um i think you're gonna see a lot of probably dallas and edmonton coming from the from the western conference at some point they were talking about dallas today i was listening to it on like nhl radio or something and it's just like the amount of prospects that Dallas still have coming up on top of what they already have is insane to me. I mean, they yeah. have Coven and like they're nasty. They are very, very good. Yeah. Um, it should be good. So and I, Ottinger, I, 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 that, that that's a goalie I'd like to have is Ottinger. Yeah, he could be a best no winner. He could be. I was, I was, I, you know, you guys were saying on the last pod, right? Get, get yeah. in on that. Get in on that Vesna train now, and I took it. I took it. I was like, nice. yeah, those are good yeah. odds. Yeah. Nice. It's funny that you bring that up because um, we're about to do billion dollar picks. <laughs> Let's go. First week of the NHL season. I got my three picks for the week. And we are starting off in the game that everybody is talking about tomorrow night. Connor Bedard makes his NHL debut. What are you shaking your head at, Dad? <laughs> what? Let's just he doesn't get a penalty shot. <laughs> Addy, what do you think Connor Bedard's gonna do in the NHL? Oh no. What what is he going to do this year? We know what he's going to do long term. This year is is my question. All right. Yeah, go ahead. What do you think he's going to kind of, Everybody's saying the same everybody's saying the same thing. Everybody, you know, he's he just given the the call to right now and he hasn't played a game yet. Let's give him a chance. I'm going to say over 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 70 points for Connor Bedard. I think Oh. I, I think I think he's I think he's okay. I think he's going to benefit playing a lot playing with Taylor Hall. Uh, I know that I know the Blackhawks aren't good, but watching him play you know it's it's something i think he's i think he's gonna i think he's gonna take that next step i know bill senior you're not you want to pump the brakes on him and i get that because i was with you i was with you until i saw him in the preseason i think 
I think he's I think he's gonna have a, de- a really no good year. he definitely has some moves he has an outrageous shot I yeah. mean he is and I think now I I think I just get on him because Billy's on him so much <laughs> I know, yeah I know I know why you're doing I can see right through it I know why you're it's doing. pretty obvious at this <laughs> yeah. point I think anyone that's listening knows, knows they know how the story goes already um but here's the thing I mean uh Connor Bedard grew up with Sidney Crosby as his idol and tomorrow they open up the season the big matchup the kid versus Sid and I don't think I think this is a game that Sidney Crosby knows that I have to show this kid who this is Sidney Crosby and this is why you're the new kid coming up I don't think that the Blackhawks have enough uh, depth in their roster you're going to have Chris Letang and you're going to have Eric Carlson and the additions that the Pittsburgh Penguins made, and they're going to come in hot off of missing the playoffs last season. And I like Pittsburgh minus 230. So all these bets are going to be $100, and that's how we're going to tally them up just so we to make it easy to see what we've won and what we lost, right? And I'm going to review them uh, every week. So I'm uh, risking... I'm uh, risking 230 to win 100. That is the first pick of the week. Second pick of the week is Friday night in beloved Newark, New Jersey. The Arizona Coyotes come into town to play the Devils. I'm assuming Schmid is going to be in net. And I don't think that Arizona has the firepower that the Devils have. I think the crowd is going to be raucous with... People that couldn't make it to the opening night. The Devils fan base is juiced up. The Devils look amazing in the preseason. And I don't think Arizona is ready for this offensive power that the Devils are going to throw at them. Give me the Devils minus 298. And then my final game is on Saturday at 10 p.m. in San Jose. I got the Colorado Avalanche. Minus 1.5. So winning by two goals over the San Jose Sharks. Colorado Avalanche, they're a sleeping giant. They still have Kale McCarr. They came out and they played a couple really nasty preseason games that had some fights in them and were very physical. They don't look like they're jerking around. You saw that hit that Kale McCarr had on stall the other night where he, he it was sick. So those are my three picks. We got the Colorado Colorado Avalanche minus 1.5. We got the New Jersey Devils minus 298. And we got the Pittsburgh Penguins minus 230. Patty, you got any you got any games on the schedule? You, you like anything? Yeah, I picked a couple ahead of ahead of our show here tonight. You know, I, I was eyeballing that Penguins Blackhawks game too. So I'm actually really high on the Penguins this year. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. I actually think they're gonna take that third spot in the Metro. I agree. So I'm going to go Penguins puck line plus 105 is my first pick. Okay. The, uh, the next the next game I had was uh, Rangers Sabers on Thursday. Uh, we're going to go Sabers money line. That's plus money again. So that's plus nice. 105. Uh, you know, I just don't like. I know. I know everyone's going to say I'm a Rangers hater, and yeah, I am. I'll be the first one to admit that. But I just don't think they're going to. I I just I don't like their depth. I think they are one injury on either just one injury anywhere on the ice away from a total crumble. I think they're still going to put up points this season. Maybe you're like, you're going to be in the nineties, but 
No playoffs for the Rangers this year. I think the Penguins take that next step, and the Atlantic Division is just it, it, too tough to get to for them to overcome a wild card spot for the, them. The, the, the vibe around New York with Laviolette and with Lafreniere playing the way he is, and it does not look good. I mean, Panarin yeah. kind of has this dark cloud hanging over his head where he can't perform in prime time and in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, Shesterkin is just holding that team upon his shoulders the team's getting older i the rangers are going to have a lot of pressure on them this year yeah yeah absolutely and my last game uh i, was, I steered away from the devils just because you know everyone's gonna say i'm gonna pick them anyway you know every time i bet them every game so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so well you did good yeah, last year yeah so uh <laughs> Uh, my my next game, just because you know I'm actually pretty high on them, and I like and because I like this line, it just you know I feel like a lot of people are going to be going the other way. So my next game is L.A. Kings money line minus one ten. And who are they playing? They're playing the Avalanche. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. that's Wednesday night. Oh man, Kings Kings have a good squad. I think the Kings are going to try to. Yeah, you know, they could get a wild card. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you have a do you have a pick for who do you have winning the Stanley Cup this year? Come on. What do you, what do you mean? Who do I have winning the New Jersey Devils? Are you kidding? I there you go. Who do you think I have winning the Stanley Cup? All right, all right. Who do you have? Um, I like it, Patty. I like have, it. Who do you have coming out of the Western Conference? Dallas. Okay. Dallas. Nice. Dallas. Really, yeah. I I I it's you call me a homer, whatever. I, whatever. I, I really don't care. I think the Devils are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, it's that 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 forward. The forwards are just insane. Oh my we were god! Just ta- we were just talking about it. Like I'm talking about the fourth line right now. Like that fourth line is going to bury you. And then, oh, you just got done playing them. Now you're going to now now the flash just came out of the ice. Jack Hughes, Jesper Bratt, and Toffoli are going to come out and they're going to pot as many goals as possible against you. You know, it's it, it's going to be very difficult for both teams. It's it's the year it's the year, Bill. I, I uh, it's the year. We're, I love where your head's we're, at. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, what uh, what do you uh, what do you have planned for opening day? What what is your what is your plan? Uh, so we, I'm just talking about that. I'm probably gonna get up there pretty early, uh, and uh, hit Krug's Krug's Tavern, get a burger, just, and uh, you know, I'll be out. I'll be out on Edison Place with a with a. Uh, Twelve yeah. pack, get a twelve pack. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I know, I know, I know. I'll run into you guys, and then uh, we'll get the we'll get the chant going. We we'll get the uh, chant going is right. I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about buying some of those uh, smoke bombs that they have at uh, soccer games. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like yeah. where your head's at. You're but, you're thinking um, outside the box, which I appreciate. Uh, we gotta, you know, with the Devils need to like, we need to get a couple new chants going. I feel like it's a lot of let's go Devils chants. Like, we need to like switch it up and have a couple originals bust out. You know what I mean? You know, Bill, I am so glad you say that because I've been trying to drive that train for so long, for so long. Because you know, all we have is the let's go Devils chant and the and the fucking whistle. Right. Uh, I I hate the whistle. Right. There's nothing. There is nothing that drives me up. <laughs> that, that dri- especially, especially when we were terrible, like it, like the uh, 2021, right. where we're getting punked six to one, and some asshole starts the whistle. Right. You know, I, <laughs> like, we don't need to be talking <laughs> about the Rangers right now. Right. Exactly. It's like you know, <laughs> you know there was you know we're getting pumped by you know 
Edmonton six one, and uh, some guy starts to chant. It's like right. no. The Rangers don't suck. We suck. We suck. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, we do need some more creativity. The one I've been trying to drive a lot is um, to the beat of Blitzkrieg Bop. Okay. Uh, hey, ho, Nico. And okay. Everybody, 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 <laughs> I like that. And I like goes, that. Oh, yeah, I've been trying to drive. It doesn't really catch on. <laughs> Everyone's like, what are you saying? And the other one I've been trying to drive, you know, I was trying to do it during the playoffs. This wasn't really catching Hopefully it'll catch this year. Is uh, Hughes your daddy? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tried to push that for you too. Yeah, uh, you know, you know, uh, whatever that date is in November. I think it's November fourteenth. First game against the Rangers. Uh, we'll be up. We'll be up. A couple goals. Jack will have one. That's the time we will get it going for sure. Going. Well, we got we got to we got to push that thing around the stadium. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. get it going. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. Well, Patty, it was great having you on, dude. Uh, and obviously, you, you're more than welcome to come on whenever you want. And uh, we'll, I know we're always around. And uh, actually, like for away games once in a while, I don't know. We, I usually watch them at home. But uh, maybe if there's like a weekend game or something, where we can meet up and, and grab a beer or something like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just any anytime you want, I'll come on whenever you want. You know, just give me a, just give me a ring. I, um, I will. And, uh, you know, we were talking, I messaged you, uh, I don't know, senior, I don't know if he told you, but I mess- I'm trying to plan a, uh, a bus for the outdoor game. Uh, so I already bought a oh, ticket. Oh, nice. I already bought, and it'll be leaving from our area. Cool. Uh, so, uh, you guys should get in on that. I mean, I don't know the more people, the better it's a 40 person bus. So, you know, I have eight tickets. My buddy has eight tickets. I know another set of fan- f- friends that have eight tickets. So yeah, we got six of them. So, yeah. I mean, I probably am not going to be able to drive home from that game. Uh, especially, <laughs> That's the point. This is a good idea. This is the point. <laughs> especially if there you go. An eight o'clock game. Yeah. The video, dude, the video of you puking outside of the rock <laughs> is hilarious. Uh, that was that I never, I haven't seen that one. Uh, that was, I gotta see that. that was, <laughs> well, that was, that was the, that was game three against Carolina where you got that, where you got that video of me, Bill, oh, yeah. uh, doing the chant. Yeah. Uh, so Bill Sr., I don't know if you saw it, but it was on, uh, I posted on Twitter. There was like four different videos of me doing the Let's Go Devils chant outside the arena from that day. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got after it that day. You know, the devil's... Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You had the bottle and... Yeah, it Aluminum bucket. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that's me. But I, I saw that. But I, I tweeted I tweeted all the videos and with, uh, you know, a story told in four parts. And the last video was me, you know... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing that one, <laughs> you know, that was a long, that was a long day for. That was a great day, you know. The Devils scored like seven goals. We kicked the crap out of them. Oh, that was and, a great uh, day. There was a day game, you know. Uh, so, uh, you know, I may or may not have snuck a flask into the rock, you know. So, nice. you know, I got the jacket out of the way, though. I don't know if you. I did. I noticed that you had it behind you, yeah. and you were like bent over, yeah. and you were like handing it off to somebody too, like a baton, like yeah. a 440 yeah. race or something. 
this wasn't my first time throwing up outside of Devil's Cave. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we know it won't be the last. Right. It won't be the last. <laughs> well, after we win the cup this year, uh, at, you know, in Championship Plaza, there'll be a lot of puking for everybody. <laughs> be <a> good time. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, man, thanks for coming on, dude. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch uh, for sure. I will see you Thursday at the Absolutely. season over, at the home opener. And uh, I can't wait. And then we got some hockey tomorrow to hold us over in the meantime all good things dad what time are you trying to go up to the game on thursday i don't know i figured you know try and get there early like seven eight o'clock a.m i don't know whatever whatever time you can get out of work i'm free all right I'm retired yeah i'll figure it out it's kind of a, like a national holiday for me so um yeah we'll get up there nice and early but uh yeah hockey season is here people um Tomorrow, we have official games that we're going to be watching. Connor Bedard makes his NHL debut versus uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But yeah, you've been listening to the Trap Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe, comment, like us, all that good jazz. And we will talk to you soon. Be well. Peace.